Jack and Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about, do you make land decisions based on data or based on feelings? I think that we're both going to be surprised at each other's answer. Okay. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. Last year, a ton of Land Academy members came to Jill and I needing extra help to get their blind uh, offer campaigns in the mail. So I took a look at how we were personally sending out mail uh, with our key employees and ultimately made those exact same people available to Land Academy members to get their mail out. We call it now concierge data and Concierge Data Plus. Uh, a year later, hundreds of members every single month are outsourcing their entire, entire mail effort and mail process uh, out with this product. It's been a huge success. And Jill and I uh, have really gotten a lot of positive feedback on it's helping people get mail out and it's working out well. Check out uh, offers, the number two owners.com. They'll hook you up. MJ wrote, hi, Land Academy Brain Trust. That's cute. Can I hear some opinion, please? I'm second guessing my next Miller location selection strategy. Previously, I have chosen areas with strong active to sold ratios, but then found myself struggling with buyers, i.e. too small of a buyer's pool. If I go to where there's lots of sold activity, the active to sold ratios tend to worsen and I run into saturated markets with tons of listings. How do you approach this balance? Is there a guiding philosophy in this dynamic market I should consider? Thanks. This is a brilliant question. I know you're new, MJ, and you're gonna do really well here. There's a balance. And that's why, uh, you know, very often people will say, in the red, green, yellow tests, why do I have to apply what's red and what's green and what's yellow? Why doesn't it do it for me uh, automatically? To which I say, for example, a really positive days on market, which is low, a low days on market in one zip code, might be just as good as a much different number of days on market that's low across the country. So you have to take all these environments and look at them from an adjacent standpoint and choose the best ones. You're absolutely right. In a market like this right now, days on market might be really, really low, but new list is sold because uh, inventory is accumulating. Inventory levels are going up. They're not getting sold the way that they uh, have in the past. That num number might be different. But the basic concept here has never changed. Look at four or five or eight or 10 or 12, as many zip codes, adjacent zip codes that you can and see, pick, choose the best ones against each other. And, it's, and, and you will find the right place to send mail. Or in the real life, in real life, what I do is just send it all. Thank you. It's a brilliant question. Yep. It's really, really obvious sometimes with super new people who's going to do incredibly well really quickly. And that's a real good indication that you understand this and you're making it on your own really quickly. Are you thinking it through? Yeah. Some people just blindly, it's, if, you don't, if you're not sure and you blindly follow our steps, you're going to be fine. That's good. But if you are thinking it through, still following our steps and then finding ways to make it better, that's the best. Yep. Oh, good. Well said. Today's topic, do you make land decisions based on data 
or feelings. This is the meat of the show. What do you do, Joe? Data. <laughs> you think yeah. I'm kidding? No, I don't. You know what's so funny about this? I really think it's sometimes I use data when it comes to the end and state when when we pull up properties on the screen, I am not trying to throw you under the bus. No, no, it's fine. But I have Go to say it. that I'm throwable. When we pull up properties, when things come in, if we ever should be looking at that, it's usually not the case, but should we ever be looking at a property together? Sometimes actually it happens on uh, actually our Thursday member call. Then we do look at properties on the, on the screen at the same time. And you get a feeling when you see it. And it's funny is that like when I'm in my, my own environment reviewing deals i am all data man i am like i'm kind of ruthless i don't care how pretty it is i need to see the numbers and i don't care how how great it is to this and after that if things aren't selling in that area and and it's overpriced and days on market are high but it's gorgeous i'm not gonna i don't care i just don't <laughs> care you gotta get it cheaper then that's it. So it's funny. I think about some of the properties that we have in our inventory right now that um, you personally got involved doing minor splits or things like that. There are projects. We have different projects going on all the time. Some we are together on. Most we're separate on. We're doing just separate deals. And I look at some of yours and I'm like looking at the numbers and you're and I feel like you're coming at me with a feeling kind of thing. Like, I know what's going to happen here. I'm like, well, I'm glad you see it because I don't. <laughs> so but at the end of the day, I like I said, I'm I'm more about the data. What about you? So a lot of years ago when I was in college, I remember I have no idea what class it was or, or whatever. But I had this in instructor, this college professor say it was all when we were at about the time or the age where, you know, end of sophomore year, where we had to declare a major. And we got on this topic and this uh, professor gave us a big, long speech about how getting a technical degree as a bachelor's degree is way more uh, intelligent than getting a a liberal degree or just you know an art degree uh, because you can do that anytime you want and his his rationale was and this is my argument for data versus feelings go get a technical degree you know you're already two years into it it's four years it's, it's going to be four years later anyway and if you find out that you don't want to be an accountant which almost every accountant eventually does then you can go off and go do some fine art thing or whatever else that you, that you originally do. You're not going to lose, you know, tons of years of your life or or any of that. A lot of people don't do that. And I think at my age, I really look back on it and I think they just don't have any math skills. And they're just afraid of it. It's not not because you know, it's so whole. They make all kinds of stuff up like, well, but I'm only interested in painting. Yeah, that's okay. my heart's not in it. Or, yeah, <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> Look, get a technical. So, so I've applied that to a lot of things. How do you afford that? <laughs> I've applied that a lot of these things to my life uh, since then, just like that. So I take the technical or data approach first. And then at the end of it, I don't discount any types of feelings or uh, art. You know, this it's not all science and no art. There's some art to any, every, all of it. So in Land Academy, it's obvious. I set up this whole system of, you know, trolling for places to send mail, testing those places for red, green, yellow, testing them, find out which ones are the best, do all this data stuff make decisions based on data because there's no opportunity to staring at Zillow anyway to have any feelings anyway. 
there's, you know, unless you start looking at pictures of land and a lot of, let's face it, it looks a lot the same, especially for, in one region. So apply all this data, apply all the technical stuff up front, see what comes back. You know, you've got 10 purchase agreements staring at you in the face for some reason. Let's say Jen's, Jill's created, you know, generated 10 uh, amazing deals that make sense financially. Which ones are we going to buy? That's the time when I start to apply feelings. And it sounds like you don't. No, you know when I do? You know, I just thought about it. Do you want to finish your thought? No, that's it. I want to hear this. The only time that feelings come into play for me is when I know what's going on with the seller. That I can go. So it's people feelings. Yeah. Here's just. It's not land feelings. No. No, it's like this guy. I've never had people feelings. I know. That's what's (laughs) different. No. Please explain this. I can tell talking to a seller whether there's wiggle room in the price or not wiggle room in the price. Do they really want to sell? You know, um, do they not really want to sell? Oh, Jill, you got to share this with the world. I am because sharing for, it. Because for people like me, yeah. you need to do a class or something. I know. I don't. Can I even learn that? Yeah, I can you help think, you with that. Sure. I don't want to. I don't want to learn sure. it. At this age, I don't want to learn, but no, I really can, think that you could help a lot of people. I could do that. Yeah. Send a note to support at landacademy.com. If you want more information, I could do a course. You think I'm kidding? I would. No, if enough of you reach out and say, oh my gosh, please teach me. Sure. There are all kinds of things that you can pick up in the conversation, how they talk to you, the tone of the voice, the things that they say. Are they responsive when you call them? Are they overly eager? Are they really, there's so many things like that that I can teach you that you can be aware of and know like, okay, here's the deal. I, this property's fantastic, but not at this price. Then you can apply your feelings part of, I know I can work with the seller and probably get them on the same page with me because of these three things that Jill taught me to look for. Sure, I could do that. So that's when feelings come into play. You know, the world's packed full of like, be a better negotiator. <laughs> all kinds of crap like that all over the, the you know, the business self-help under that category. And I've taken some of those classes, not recently, obviously, but a right. lot of years ago. And it's all a bunch of crap. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, there's one I just, I had it in my Amazon cart and I deleted it. Because I'm like, this is, looks like a stupid book. It was something about negotiating. And it had a catchy, funny title that someone mentioned. So I threw it in my cart and I'm like, I'm not going to buy that. So let's just, let's just face it. I'm being devil's advocate here. Because sure. I, I know that you're being, this. I know this is a real thing. Because I've seen it, you know, yeah. I'm more directly more wealthy because of your negotiation skills <laughs> but can you is it just because you've been doing it for 25 years is no. that the real reason no i mean that helps that help no way not at all that helps uh to fine-tune and perfect the skill but i think i grew up knowing it and people told me that like you do really get your way here <laughs> and and but and then and you could take it so you could take it you could take it a couple ways i don't want to be that person i'm not going to try to railroad people at all i don't i'm not i'm just not because i think that comes back and i'm not willing i i don't want to be that person but you can use the skill to like huh I, th- I think that this guy really wants to sell. I think he needs this to make him happy and I can make that happen. You could, I can, I can figure out what the person needs to get out of the transaction 
and when I need to get on the transaction. So we both walk away happy. That's the end goal. You don't want anybody to go, oh, they beat me up. Yeah. So we can all agree on this. I mean, you have to start with data. Yeah. You can't just uh, pick up the phone book and start calling people to sell. They want to sell their land. Right. Which even in a way, is, there's a little bit of data in the phone book even. True. And but you picked the area. You really need to have a data-centric, let's call it that, a data-centric approach to this, in my opinion. But you can't discount you know, emotions, feelings, and the artistic part of this, I think, at the tail end of the deal. Oh, yes. I think that's what you mean by now a little bit more. I understand. Yes. Make my phone ring. Like if I make your phone ring eight times, we're probably going to buy a property. If they're good properties. Yeah. That's exactly right. Assuming they're all great properties and I would, I want them all. Oh, I'll get a bunch of them. I'll get, I'll get 80% of them if you want them. This has been interesting. Thank you. I learned some stuff about you too. <laughs> get to know your business partner. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Happy to join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow's Jack Thursday, and I'm going to talk about the psychology behind being a real estate agent versus being an investor. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. You know what's funny about this topic, too, is you don't have to be a pro in a certain property or an area or a type to make this happen. You just have to you just have to learn to listen and get on the same page with people. That makes and get your point across. I think it's it comes easy to you and you think that it's simple, but something like this is uh, uh, somewhat insurmountable for somebody like me. Well, then you hire me. That's what I did. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my gosh. Hey, thanks for tuning in. By the way, we would love to connect with you on Clubhouse. Check it out. It's an app. It's really cool. We are live every first and third Thursday at 12 o'clock Pacific time in the Land Investing Club. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information. And inspiration. To buy undervalued property.